So now into the lesson. Mark 1, verse 1. Mark 1, verse 1 says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of a skin about his loins. And he did eat locusts and wild honey and preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I. There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latch of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in the Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. So there came a voice declaring Christ to Israel. Jesus came. I love, I love this one part here in Mark. And it came to pass, verse 9, in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth. Te a teaching about God didn't come. Jesus came. That's what arrived on the scene was Christ himself. Christ arrived on the scene. See, till he arrived, Israel was waiting for everything the prophets had said. So they were in expectation of someday a king's going to come. That's what they were living in, that expectation of someday. When he arrived, he didn't come like they expected. He didn't come riding in on a white stallion. He didn't come declaring himself to be the great king. He come meek 
and lowly of heart. And John, who was the forerunner of Christ, I looked up that word forerunner. And it simply means a person or thing that precedes another precursor, a person or thing coming in advance to herald the arrival of someone or something. So he come to herald the Christ. That's what John come to do to herald him. To declare him, one is coming mightier than me, whose shoes I'm not worthy to loose. Glory to God. So a mightier one came than John. And when you look at John, all of Israel had went out to John. All Jerusalem had come out to John. And John says a mightier one has come than he is. There's one coming mightier than me. Because I can baptize you with water. But I can't baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Now, that's a huge change coming in Jerusalem. The Holy Ghost and fire. The cleansing fire of God coming on the scene. Spiritual baptism coming on the scene. And it's all coming through the person. See, Israel could never become the nation they were to their king came. And a lot of Christians are looking for him to come again. A lot of Christians today, if you start talking to them, they'll tell you, well, the Lord is going to come. Could it be that they're much like Israel and they're not aware of his coming? Because Christ came right in the midst of Jerusalem. He did the mighty works of God declared by the prophet right in the midst of Jerusalem. The lame walked, the deaf heard, the blind eyes were opened, dead were raised, the signs and wonder of God was on display. Just like when God brought Israel out of Egypt, when Jesus came on the scene, the signs and wonders were on display. Not the same signs and wonders, but signs and wonders nonetheless. They were on display in Jerusalem. And you would think, 
that every man and woman, if they saw Jesus in the flesh, if they saw Jesus heal the lame man, if they saw Jesus heal the woman with the issue of blood, you would think every man and woman would follow him, don't you? But they didn't. John writes, he came to his own. And his own received him not. But, and that but is so powerful, but those that received him gave he the power, the right to become sons of God. Those that received him. That was in old Israel. That was before it was manifest and declared abroad. So before, you know, the gospel was shared by the apostle Paul the way it is today, those disciples received Jesus Christ in old covenant Israel as their Messiah. Go back and study it out. They went to one another. The woman at the well, she went believing Messiah had come, the woman of Samaria. She called herself a daughter of Jacob. I don't know if you've ever got a hold of that. But the Samaritan woman said her father, Jacob, had dug this well. You know, sometimes we think the Samaritan woman was just a Gentile woman. Maybe she was. Or maybe she was one of the tribe of Israel. See, because a lot of God's people don't even understand the tribe of Israel and the tribe of Judah had split. The tribe of Israel was carried away. By the, Samar by the Assyrians, not the Samaritans, by the Assyrians. But if you study your Bible, Samaria became the capital of Israel at one time. The kingdom of the north and the kingdom of the south. And God spoke of them both. I believe it's in the book of Isaiah or in the book of Ezekiel. And he called them whorish women. And he divorced Israel. And he said of Judah that she was more wicked than her sister. And you look at the scripture and you say, then why was Judah spared? And it's a simple answer. There was one coming out of Judah. The purpose of Judah was Jesus Christ. And when Jesus came, I don't know if you've ever caught what Jesus said to him. 
in places. When he spoke of Sodom and Gomorrah, he said if these works had been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented. Oh, Corazon, you'll be cast over to the hell of fire. Now, I won't go into all that tonight, but a lot, I'll say this because it's pressing in my heart. A lot of the scripture about the weeping and gnashing of teeth and the fire of hell that's in the gospels was speaking toward old covenant Israel. Study it out and see if I'm telling you the truth. You know, we, we're going to have to hear what God says concerning all things in the Scripture. And it may affect our beliefs. But we should have a heart to say, that's okay, Lord. That should be our heart and our mind. That's okay, Lord. Affect my belief. Affect me. Change me. We shouldn't have our heels dug in that mommy believed it this way and daddy believed it that way. No. We should have a heart saying, God, whatever is true, I will receive. But Jesus came to Israel. He was the prophet that Moses spoke up of in the book of Deuteronomy and said, God's going to raise up a prophet like unto, or God spoke to Moses and said, like unto you and him, it will be required that they hear. And those that don't hear that prophet, it will be required of them. So when the Bible began to speak of all these horrendous things that were coming upon the world, was it speaking of Old Covenant Israel? Question for you. There should be wars and rumors of wars. Anita was talking about someone saying, that this week, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. We know the last days are near. People say that all the time. But they don't even understand the question the disciples asked Jesus. Jesus said to the disciples, when they were showing him the buildings of the temple, Matthew 24, he said not to look upon these things. Not one stone will be left upon another. It's all going to be cast down. So that whole exchange in Matthew 24 is connected to that Old Testament temple and its removal off the face of the earth. And at the cross, it ended. 
No longer was God going to recognize the sacrifice and the offering in Jerusalem. It was over. Behold the Lamb of God. That's what John says. That takes away the sin of the world. So no longer did that sacrifice and offering have any substance in Jerusalem. You know, I said this to you a couple times. When Jesus come on the scene and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it dawned on me re recently. If I was a Jewish man or woman in that day, and here Jesus comes and says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The impact of that statement, because all their life they were taught the temple, the priesthood, the sacrifices, the offerings, the feast days were the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus says, no man comes to the Father but by me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And I don't know that we hear the impact that he had in the nation of Israel. He turned it upside down. He walked in. His words turned the whole country upside down. Just like he said, brother against brother, son against father. Why was there such a division? Because some decided to follow him. Some decided to go after Jesus. And we come into Apostle Paul's day. What was Apostle Paul when he was doing his Saul of Tarsus? What was he doing to Christians? He had letters from the high priest to do what to the Christians? Put them in jail. Put them to death. He stood what? What? Holding the coats as they stoned Stephen to death. You ever, you ever thought of that when Stephen was stoned to death and he cried out and he said, hold this not to their charge that Saul of Tarsus was standing in the midst? I believe the Bible declares that. Check it and see. Maybe I'm wrong, but I believe it does. You know, that could be the prick in his heart. When he sees Stephen say, Father, hold this not to their charge. Oh, yes. And so on his way to Damascus, he had an encounter, just like Israel had an encounter with the man Jesus. They didn't just have a teaching come on the scene. The Christ came. I really want us to hear this. This is the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the gospel of the person of God. He came in the flesh. The scriptures were fulfilled. 
The time had come that everything the prophets had declared concerning him would be fulfilled. And he went to the cross and he hung upon the cross and he said, it is finished. Then he gave up the ghost. Father, receive my spirit. A completed work. Everything the prophets declared. And that day the rocks shook. Study it out. The earthquake when Jesus was crucified. You ever read that? The earthquake. Matthew says the graves were opened after his resurrection. And many of the dead saints were seen in Jerusalem. It's in the book of Matthew. You know that? Daniel was fulfilled. Not a future event. But here the judge of the quick and the dead had come. And no longer would you go to an old covenant temple. But whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He that hath the Son have life. He that hath not the Son have not life. A new day, a new word, a new covenant had come upon the scene in the person of Jesus Christ. And Paul's teaching and preaching was not with the wisdom of men. That's what he said. He said he never declared it of men. He didn't, he didn't go to the Bible school. I'm not against Bible schools. I think the Bible school can be the same as sitting under teachers and preachers and learning a doctrine. I don't think you have to go away to the Bible school to learn a doctrine. I think you can sit in a denomination and learn a doctrine, a teaching, and you go out and teach it and say, this is what we believe. Here's our articles of faith. You ever notice Paul never said, here are our articles of faith. Here are the tenets of the scripture, the tenets of belief. You realize he never said that? He said he never learned it of man, neither was he taught it by man, but by revelation. God revealed his son in me. Paul's ministry was up on the basis of the person. The person came to Jerusalem in the flesh. And just like Jesus declared in John chapter 14, written in John 14, at that day, you'll know. When the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to know. I am in the Father. You are in me. 
and I am in you. And when I read through the Apostle Paul's writings, what does he say over and over again? In Christ. We are in him. He is in us. Why does Paul say that over and over again? Because that's what was revealed in him. The person. The person. So what he was declaring was the person. That's what he was writing to the believers when he talked about the righteousness of God in Christ. Yes, he wrote it. He wrote to them. Now you are righteous. Now you are redeemed. Now you are ransomed. Now you are sanctified. He wrote those things to you and I, to the church. But why he wrote them was the person had been revealed. And he saw through the revealing of the person, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Christians all over the world struggle with the word righteousness. They struggle in their hearts. Am I right with God? And no teaching can get it across. Who gets it across is the person. The person. When we come to an understanding in our heart by Christ that he's our life, we begin to believe that we are, in fact, righteous. And we begin to believe that not because we've all at once arrived and become the super saints. We begin to believe that because he is our life. And he that is our life is righteous. And so that becomes real. Evident. It's what we've been talking about. Faith is a substance. The evidence, it becomes evident in our heart. The righteousness of God. Evident to you and I. And it becomes evident through the person. The person. That's what God does. He, he joined us to the person of Christ. He didn't join us to Pentecostal holiness or Baptist or independent or non-denominational. That's what I catch myself saying. Well, I'm non-denominational. No, he joined me to a person. And the person is Jesus Christ. What I am is a member of the body of Christ. I'm a member of the person. That's what we are. You know, we, we hear this all the time. Well, we need to know our identity. Well, there you go. You're a member of the body of Christ. As he is, so are we. There's your identity as he is. 
<laughs> that's a pretty good identity. Is it not? As he is, so are we in this present world. Why, why, does he, why does he have to say in this present world? Why not when we pass from these bodies? Because God's after expression in the bodies. God's after manifestation. The life I live in the flesh, Paul says in Galatians 2, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So he's after life in the flesh. Not your life. The life of the Son of God. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ who liveth in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by the substance. I live by the evidence. I live by that of God that's worked within my heart. In the flesh. So in the flesh, I declare him. Yes, in the flesh. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. We go to one another and we share him through what? Through this earthen vessel. We don't just travel around up here in the air, float around up here and go to one another. We have clay vessels. And these clay vessels allow us to maneuver in the earth. And through these clay vessels, which used to be an instrument of unrighteousness because it was alive in Adam, if you can call it life, dead in Adam. But it lived, our soul, our person, lived to the Adamic nature. Now, our soul lives to Christ. Pretty good exchange. We talked about the exchange last week. He exchanged himself there's a scripture in romans 5 i read it over and over again i was like lord i in my heart i just don't get this and then i got it brother dell i went oh my lord i'll read that scripture i've been talking without reading a lot of scripture i've been quoting a lot of scripture Let's see here. Here we go. Verse 12, Romans 5, verse 12. We'll be a few more minutes and we'll, we'll stop. Verse 12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sinner entered into the world and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For unto the law sin was in the world, but sin's not imputed when there's no law. 
nevertheless, death reigned from Adam unto Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the transgression. Here's, here's what I had trouble really getting a hold of. For if by the transgression of one, the many die, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to many. The gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For on the one hand, the judgment arose from one transgression resulting in condemnation. But on the other hand, the free gift arose from many transgressions resulting in justification. For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. All right. The free gift is not like the transgression. What in the world does that mean? For by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. So you had the condition. Here's what that means. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin, took our sin. He exchanged himself for us. See, the difference in these two statements is that Adam, the nature of Adam, we already were. The law came and we saw we did the same thing as Adam. We'd already missed a mark, born in his nature, born in his character. But see, when the free gift came, he wasn't like us. <laughs> he exchanged himself and became us. That we, who were not like him, would become what he is. Get a hold of that. We were not like him. You can go back in all the eons of time and try to find a place where you were like him. But God spoke by Isaiah and says, the heavens are higher than the earth. My ways are higher than thy ways. My ways are past finding out. You can't find them out. You can't look into them. How do we try to find them out? By the law. We tried to be righteous. We read the law and we, many of us agreed the law was good and holy and just. We read it and we'd say, yes, Lord. I'm going to do it. But we would find out, oh, Lord. I don't have the power to do it. So the exchange came. That's what salvation is, is he came to bear the sins of many. 
where that exchange is found at is if you go back in Romans 5, verse 10, 11 says, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. The word reconciliation means exchange. We received the exchange through Christ. He that knew no sin became sin. That we who knew sin may become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You could have probably wrote this, we that knew not righteousness became righteous. That's an exchange. He exchanged himself. He emptied himself out of what he was, the glory of God, God himself, and became a man. And now we are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's how that's different in Romans 5. Because you look at it, or I did, and I went, huh, how is that different, Lord? Because we say, God keeps saying it's not like the one man's disobedience. It's not like that. And it just went like, boom. How it's different is he was not like us. See, we were like Adam. We were dead in sin, just like Adam. We were the Adamic man. Jesus was not the Adamic man. John says he was the word. John says of the word that the word was with God and the word was God. And the word was made flesh. <laughs> so the word came, made flesh. Paul says, he being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be made equal with God, but emptied himself out, lowered himself. Took up on the form of a servant made in the likeness of man. To take man upon himself. Oh, hallelujah, he took man upon himself. And died putting it to death. That he could exchange us. Take off the garment of flesh. Take off the carnal mind and put on a new nature. Apostle Paul says we are clothed upon with Christ. Apostle John says, as I've said many times, as he is, so are we. 
I didn't earn it. I still am not earning it or receiving it. As he reveals it, as he shows it, as he expresses it within us, as he makes it known, we're receiving it. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. It's the person we've received. See, I can, I'm a preacher and a teacher, so I'm not against preaching and teaching because I do it myself. I'd be against what I do. Not against that at all. But our teaching and preaching has to come out of the person. of knowing the person. And that's what the Lord's been dealing with me for now for quite some time as we've been in this study of the faith of the Son of God is the person. He's been speaking that into my heart, the person of Christ. And he's just making it so clear to me, a person came to Jerusalem. Oh, I come in the volume of the book. Sacrifices and offering thou wouldest not, but a body has now prepared me. He taketh away the first. The person does that to establish the second. And he did it at the cross, took away the first covenant, the first man, but it has to be done in you. That's why it has to be Christ revealed in you. And me. See, he fulfilled all things there at the cross. But all things that he fulfilled has to be made known to our hearts that we can live in what he's done. Because that's what he wants us to do is to be the expression of what he's done. Glory to God. I told Anita on the way home, I quit preaching this morning. I said, I could continue to preach. <laughs> the preacher. I felt the preacher this morning. Amen. Well, I'll stop right there and I'll call on Brother James Register.